1: I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. It's business. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist with briefing.com, as you can hear by his theme song playing ascend. It's a new month, April, which means we get the jobs report on Friday. What are we expecting, Dr. Jeff?
2: Oh uh, well, the consensus right now is at 250. I'm a little above consensus at 260. Uh, the underlying indicators look all right. You know, initial claims have come in pretty solid uh many of the regional surveys you know like the ISM type stuff on employment have been uh fairly unchanged uh, things look like things yeah you know, that the labor situation is you know remarkably undifferent from what we saw in February in February we had a you know a payroll gain close to 300,000 so uh you know it looks like we should have another decent report Sounds good. Now, today we got a little bit of economic
1: data that looks soft. The job growth took a step backwards in the month of March. U.S. private sector created 189,000 jobs in March versus 225,000 estimate. Where were your estimates at, and is that a soft number?
2: Well, it is a soft number, but it's an unreliably soft number. So the ADP number, which Came out today and it gets a lot of play because I think the ADP has done a very good job of marketing in it. Now that it's ran by uh, Moody's.com, you know Moody's puts an extra emphasis on uh, on marketing it out. And all it is is a forecast of what they believe the final uh, private number is going to be. But if you look at the history since Moody's took over, the forecast has been pretty bad at actually uh, matching up with what the official numbers are. So You know, you hear a lot about it. There's a lot of discussion about it. But if you ask any economic forecaster what's in their model for employment, you know, you'd have very, very few uh, people say, well, I use the ADP as a guideline. You know, it really is just, you know, Moody's.com's estimate, and that's it. So if you, you know, just want to disregard what Moody's thinks, and you want to take a look at what all the others' numbers say, you, know, you you generally get a better forecast of what the actual number is going to be.
1: What other economic data out there is there today that you're keying in on?
2: Well, you had a weak ISM report, you know, and we remember back in February you had, uh, you know, a bunch of people coming out and saying, well, the, the numbers that were bad in February were all weather-related. So as weather conditions mild, you know, re- return to more normal uh you know, and, and seasonal variances. In March, you would expected things to rebound, and you're not seeing that. You know, if you look at the construction spending numbers in February, they were actually a little bit better than expected. Uh, still down month over month, and you had a big downward revision from January. But again, you would expected a you know big negative in February in construction, considering uh, you know being outside in in terrible weather conditions make it very difficult to work. So, you know, if you look at the actual data numbers that are coming in, February was weak. I, I don't believe it's weather-related. I think that it was weak because it's weak. Uh, January numbers are not that great. Uh, again, why is it not? Because it's, you know, just a weakening economy. You know, we've been running these uh, situations for the last few years where you have strong second-half uh, growth rates and you have a lot of economists that get optimistic about the following year, and you get forecasts in, you know, a three percent range, maybe a little even more. And then the first couple months of uh, in Q1 turn out to be weak, and everyone's going, "Why is that?" And you know, which has been this pattern, you know, of bad Q1, you know, coming after good Q3, Q4s. So I don't know if it's a problem in the seasonal adjustments that will be corrected in a couple years when you get. Uh, you know, a little bit more data, and you can correct seasonal adjustment problems, but right now it's we're just in this this trend where we have good strong months at the end of the year, followed by some poor months in the beginning of the year, and the cycle looks like it's repeating in two thousand and fifteen.
1: Do you follow the s and p case schiller home price index? Uh, yeah, okay, that came out yesterday, and you know the bottom line that I saw was that growth in home prices are moderating. But affordability still has a lot of headwinds. Where do you think housing goes, and its effect on our economy? Are we due for a correction? Are we due for a housing recession?
2: The question is, why are housing prices rising at what they are? You know, is it rising because there just isn't enough supply on the market, which is what the uh, realtors are saying? And if that means that there's you know low supply, it's just pushing up demand. But once more uh, homeowners decide to start selling their properties. If we get a little bit more influx of, of supply, uh, we gonna see a big pullback in, in prices. Uh, that's possible. Um, you know, right now, I, I think the key is that the number of distressed properties on the market are shrinking and we're seeing a uh, significant uh, lessening of the impact of distressed properties on prices. And in response, we're seeing uh, less people being underwater in their mortgages because we've been seeing increases in prices. So if we're going to hit a floor where we get all these people out of being underwater, you know, I think we're going to be in a better-off situation. So it doesn't necessarily mean that housing prices are going to continue increasing, at, you know, 4.5% year over year. But, um, you know, I think that levels that there are right now are okay. You know, is in response to, you know, how are we gonna get stronger growth in the housing market that's gotta be coming from you know a combination of savings and improvements in the labor market. And you know, right now we're seeing the increase in savings. You know, the savings rate is, you know, close to six percent now, which is, you know, extremely large compared to historical norms. But uh, wage growth isn't really following, and we're not seeing that much improvement in the labor market, where we're not seeing the discouraged workers that left during the recession come back yet. Have you taken a look at today's auto sales numbers yet? Yeah, I've seen some of them as they come in, but I haven't taken too close of a look uh, on a year-over-year basis. I, I saw... You know, a couple uh, companies overperformed, some underperformed, but, um, you know, it like there's a lot of negative numbers coming across my feed, but I haven't spent too much
1: time on them. How do we feel about the auto sector and the housing sector as far as
2: contributing to the economy right now, if you were to give them grades? Well, I think the housing sector is, you know, in terms of historical, it's still in the DC range, but... Uh, you know, in terms of what we're seeing today, you know, on a relative basis, I think it's doing all right. You know, I think that it's not the the best sector, but I think that, you know, you, you are seeing demand growth. You are seeing, uh, you know, supply issues. You know, so the realtors are, are – are, Begging home builders to build, and if that's really the case, if these people that are on the front lines are really saying, "Look, you know, the problem isn't we don't have clients; the problem is that our clients can't find something to buy," then that's good for the future for for the home department, you know, home sector. Uh, autos, I get concerned because autos tend to shift their production between trucks and, and cars so quickly, based on fluctuations in gas prices, that I'm worried that uh, you know a shift to truck sales again. Because of lower gas prices today, and a, and a shift to, to truck production could lead to a to a problem in 2016 if oil prices rise again. Um, you know, baseline sales levels are okay. You know, we're at 16 million uh, SAR, which you know is okay. Uh, like to be a little bit higher than that on a consistent basis, but you know, we'll see how things go.
1: Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, he's Chief Economist with Briefing.com, a resource that I start every morning taking a look at that before I do any other market news. Anything that you're working on, Dr. Jeff, that you want to highlight at this point in time as further commentary?
2: Well, one of the things that we've been seeing one of the one of the bottlenecks we've been seeing in, um, in the economic recovery has been in the manufacturing sector. Specifically, we've had a lot of growth in unfilled orders compared to production. So it would seem on the surface that demand is there. It's just not being produced, and I don't know if it's not being produced because there's just simply no capacity, which doesn't really make sense when you look at the industrial production and capacity utilization numbers, but it's possible those are are masking actual constraints. Or if manufacturers are just worried about um, cancellations in the future and they don't want to build up accidental inventory because they they rev up production to, to to basically get these unfilled orders out and then the orders be canceled before they can ship. Or if, uh, you know, they're really concerned about up and downs in in demand and they're trying to keep a a steady supply of unfilled orders so that, you know, during periods of soft demand like what we saw in today's ISM reports, you know, yesterday's uh, Chicago, uh, you know, PMI numbers, so that they're having some kind of, you know, just fallback in case – demand just suddenly goes away, and they can keep production steady so they don't have to, you know, lay off workers, which, you know, once production does come back, once demand comes back, makes it more difficult to find those workers again. So I want to see what sectors are really doing this and, and, you know, where the recovery is going to come from. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with
1: Briefing.com, giving us insights into how our economy is working and sometimes not working as much. I think he provides great insight, very, very passionate about what he does. I think he does a really good job of speaking English to us about the economy. And trust me, not all economists can pull that off. ESPN is serving up a new site for the 20th anniversary of ESPN.com. One thing that ESPN is doing more and more of is apps, because I think we're gonna look at the whole idea of .coms down the road. as like, you went to a web page. Already starting to happen because of mobile, but I think that trend continues to, con- continues to build. I'm working on a new app. Hopefully, I can announce that soon. Um, simplifying things, getting you the information you want from direct sources versus typing in dev 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 dot. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show.